Hi everybody, Jack here. Before the episode starts, I just want to take a moment to thank some of our patrons for making this all possible. Thank you to M. Mosin, Alti, and Ollie Science. And a reminder that our patron tiers have changed since the last few episodes, so I would double check and make sure that you are still signed up for the tier you want to be. Anyway, on with the episode. What do you know about Huxley? You can't let me die in peace, can you? You're not gonna die. Even if you are, you're still available until Cavan just drags you back to the lab. <sighs> I'm not indulging you in your weird Stockholmy crush on Huxley. It's it's not a crush. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's not. <sighs> Look. This is addressed to him, but he gave it to me. And I have no idea what could be inside, and I just keep thinking that I, I don't know a single goddamn thing about him besides that he hates it here. We all hate it here. We're risking our lives to get out of here as soon as the orbit's right. That's the whole deal. Exactly. Why would he give you an envelope addressed to him? I don't know. It's an old envelope, too. It's, it's like He's been hanging on to it for a while. All I know is that he was on the news like a year ago. It was like big medical community drama. I think Jazio was involved somehow. Hmm. I, I didn't think the medical community had drama. I don't think they do, usually. He was just a very special neurologist. Miss Karma, I don't want to keep Minnie waiting. Oh, but I do. I really do. Well, I don't. She's scary. Vic, when I die, you can't have any of my shit. Not even your nice jumpsuit? No. I'm going to be buried in my nice jumpsuit. Have fun with your crush. It's, it's not a... Crush. <sighs> All right. Just gonna open it. Just gonna open it. Great. I think this is working. Shit. You know, uh, usually I'd ask for. Uh. Oh. Oh. I know what I'll do. I'll give my stupid secret envelope to Vic. I'll let them listen to the shitty recording of a guy who sounds like they're dying. No problem. He can handle it. God damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You said you wanted to know more about Aster. Maybe it's... I'm gonna listen to it. I'm just... I'm gonna press play. I'm pressing play. Oh, 
with something like this, but it would ruin the surprise. Uh, where was I? Right, I remember. See? Still got it. <laughs> Sometimes. I wanted to record something uh, to leave you. Because, well, you know why. However, I know you don't like talking about it, so I'm going to humor you. Just this once, though. Just this once. It's sunny. It's Tuesday. I know it's Tuesday because I got up for long enough to check the calendar in the kitchen this morning, and I'm assuming you still cross off the days every night. With all your routines, I don't know how you can stand me. I was far too erratic and unpredictable, even when I could remember what I was doing. I don't know if you'll ever hear this. I imagine you finding this after I'm gone and locking it in your filing cabinet, in the lab, or maybe carrying it around in your pocket but never opening it. It's a very you thing to do, hoarding memories and souvenirs that never actually leave their box because you're afraid of ruining everything. Need I remind you of the good china from my mother in the kitchen that we never ate off once, by the way? <laughs> Honestly, I'm more pissed about that than the slow deterioration of my entire being. But on the off chance that this thing falls out and starts playing on its own, I want you to know that I'm using what could really, truly be my last moment of lucidity to tell you that it's okay. I'm alright. And unless you decide to change career paths and become some kind of necromancer because of me, you'll be alright too. You're pushing both of us too hard. I'm worried that once I'm gone, instead of letting go, you're just going to double down the pressure you've got on yourself. So I'm telling you right now that you don't have to do that. Actually, let me rephrase. Pedantic little man. <laughs> I'm telling you that you can't and won't do that. Don't work yourself to death just so you can see me again. Don't. Isaac. I'm here. Here? Like, you're really. Yeah. That's, uh, that's good. I'm glad. Hi. Hi. How? How are you feeling? Like I'm dying a slow and painful death. Like a consumptive woman in a long, flowing nightgown. I need to keep track of your symptoms. Oh dear. Is that blood on my handkerchief? <laughs> I think. <coughs> okay. Fine. Alright. Like a, a seven on the pain scale. It's a little hard to focus vision-wise, and I'm really fucking tired. Is it Tuesday? I saw the calendar earlier, but I'm not always sure. Yes. I can close the blinds if you want to go back to sleep. No, don't. It's nice. Here, I brought your meds. Delicious. I know my memory is shot, but these are different than normal, right? I had to go to a different pharmacy. That's all. Aster. I promise. You asked me not to try anything else, so I haven't. When I'm gone, I- You're gone, I know. 
just from a different pharmacy. Okay. I love you. I love you too. Mmm, gross. You say that every time. Do I? I wouldn't know. Please don't. Do you want me to stay? I could keep reading to you. No, I think I'm gonna take a nap. Can you hand me the recorder on the nightstand before you go, though? Yes, of course. Wait, this is recording. Did you mean to turn this on? I've been keeping a log of my last days for when they write my biography. <laughs> Dear diary, today my lovely husband came in and tried to poison me. No, I didn't. Hey, I thought it was funny. Don't tell me my comedy skills are degrading, too. Come on, baby, you think I'm hilarious. There he is. I didn't know you were still capable of smiling. It's harder than it used to be. I know. You'll get it back, though. Maybe. Good night. I love you. Good night. You'll get it back. But you're gonna have to try. Really, really hard, probably. That's all I want you to do. I hope you hear this. I hope you listen to it. I love you. I... I'm going back to sleep. Goodbye, Aster. Well... This is Lucy Calvin, recording from Nemesine Neurology Lab at the beginning of my weapons development project using the call number GE16. Unlike the project's previous leader, I have shifted the focus from the psychiatric applications of the pre-existing research to a more mm, technological approach. I also intend to keep these, these progress updates strictly business. These are for archival purposes, not for airing my own grievances. I differ from our previous leader in that respect as well. Harsh. Don't interrupt while I'm recording, Roger. My engineer and I plan on developing this, um... I've been calling it a memory machine. Fine. This memory machine. By programming it with a myriad of settings so that it can accomplish a myriad of tasks. Information gathering, for one an end to lengthy interrogations, a tool for effectively translating human thought into electrical patterns that can be replicated artificially, something that greatly interests my Earthside co-workers. But today, we are trying to replicate a function of the machine that was written off as a fluke in previous trials. Its ability to effectively hinder, or completely shut down, cognitive function in a subject. Hey, what? At the moment, of course, the machine needs an experienced operator, as well as a subject, so we will be bringing in Mix Algernon. The wonderful thing about that is that he's already completed this function once before. Hold on. I'm recording, dear. If you could hold your comments, thank you. As I was saying, over the next several trials, I will be recreating that function. First temporarily, then permanently. Its value as a weapon especially once we get a prototype for a portable version off the ground, is unspeakable, truly outstanding.
I know I said it already, but I really don't think they're going to roll over on this one, Lucy. Dr. Huxley and Mix Algernon know that their position here hinge on their cooperation, and furthermore, on the success of my experiments. And they know that the success of my experiments hinges on their ability to work so closely with this technology, as well as each other. As it stands, I can't see any problem arising, and if they do, we are prepared for war. Are you seriously going to do this? This is murder. It's not murder if you still have a heartbeat. Not legally, anyway. Speak of the neurologist. Hello, Huxley. What is this? I had her brought in earlier so that we could catch her up on our work so far, what her purpose is here. Hey, Hux, your boss is about to super brain kill me. Did you give her my name or something? Wait, what? No, absolutely not. What's going on? We're testing the machine operator's ability to remove the subject's cognitive function. Vic, obviously, is our little operator, but we still needed a subject. Dr. Cavendish? isn't our anything. Dr. Cavendish was kind enough to complete the trade we began with Jules. As soon as Vic is here, we can begin. All the things we could do here, and you're choosing murder? Why is everybody calling it murder? She'll still be alive. Not very comforting. Hux, get me out of here. Roger, untie Vincent. We are not doing this. Yes, dear. We are. Sit down. Need I remind you of how thin that ice is you're standing on? The folks who run this place chose me their worst corporate enemy, over you. Do you really think you're in any position to order me around? This is the scientific method. You find a phenomenon and try to recreate it. You make a hypothesis and try to prove it. You find an unanswered question and you answer it. This isn't the kind of question we ask. Isn't it? No. Throwing desperate people to the wolves isn't a prerequisite of the scientific process. It's an extension of torture. We'll have to agree to disagree. We're pushing forward with this trial, regardless of our personal disputes. Because as long as the two of us are living on this station, Doctor, you are following my direction. You lost the privilege to change a course of action years ago. I'm truly sorry it's taken you so long to realize that, but I'm done indulging your misery. We will begin when the guards bring in Mixaldronon. Okay. Okay. You're right. As long as I stay on Nemesine, I don't have much of a choice in anything. No one does. Exactly. I'm so glad you've come around. For fuck's sake. If you'll excuse me a moment, I left some of my notes back in my quarters. Of course. Hurry back. Cow, I will. What was that? Nothing, Dr. Calvin. No, the recorder's still on. Roger, you'll have to teach me how to edit this- Vic. Vic, where are the others? We don't have time. We have I to go- I the envelope. We can talk about it later. There's something a little more important- Did you- did you kill your husband? And is that why you're up That's here? That's not why I met Emesine. Great. That answers one of my questions. We only got to be married for six months. That's hardly anything. We've been together for longer, but it was... It was a permanent thing. He was 
going to be there forever. Obviously, people get divorced, but he was going to be there forever. Part of, part of me knew I was lying to myself. He sat me down on our third date and um, made sure I knew what I was getting into, that it was only going that it was already getting harder for him to concentrate and that his life expectancy was half of what mine is. But then we were living together and then we were married and he was going to be there forever. And six months later, he gets a headache that won't go away I'm and- I'm sorry. I stopped seeing patients. I applied for every research grant I could find and I put it all into finding a cure. I couldn't even find anything to slow it down. He, he kept telling me it was okay. He was okay. But uh, he'd gotten his whole life with him, and I'd had six months. I was almost out of money, and Isaac was almost out of time, and finally I thought I'd found something. I was out of resources to run many proper clinical trials. I, I didn't care. In hindsight, it may have not actually been that promising, but it may have just been my own sunk cost fallacy clouding my judgment. But hindsight doesn't change what happened. Did he know what you were giving him? He asked me to stop trying new drugs on him the week before. I didn't... I wanted him to be happy. Comfortable, at least. Comfortable. He was dead two days later. It's unclear how much I contributed to that, but I kept looking, I kept pushing. It took a full year before anyone started to question how I was still getting funding and supplies. Even longer for them to revisit Isaac's toxicology reports. Legally, I'm only here for fraud and malpractice. Right. Thank you for telling me. Uh... And if I didn't kill him, I know I let him die. If I'd only pushed a bit harder, sometimes I wonder if, at the end, I cared more about the unanswered question than I did about him. When he died, I didn't know if I was mourning my husband or my failure. When you're tangled up with a person like that, it can end up feeling like the same but thing. But there's a distinction there, and it matters. It was selfish. That's why I know whatever he said on that recording was just so goddamn kind because that's who he was and I can't listen to it. I can't let him be kind to me. I wasn't kind to him. You're right. He was. It seemed like it anyway. Kind or gentle or whatever. You're... Not, I, I don't think anyone would use those adjectives for you, but I don't think you're a bad person. You've done some bad things, some really bad things to me, to Jules, to Isaac, to yourself, probably. I think that I'm just... But you've also fought for people, even when you're not supposed to. Even when those people don't think you should, and you're smart, but you don't hold it over people. Sometimes I don't even think you care. Maybe this entire elaborate scheme is all the means to an end for you, and yeah, maybe that's bad, but I think those ends are going to be something good. I think they could help people. I think they probably already have. I, I don't know. 
You loved him, right? Your love? I did. I loved him. But look, if being a bad person was as straightforward as doing bad things, it'd be a lot harder to like you. It's not easy as it is. I just found out you maybe possibly killed a man, and, and not to beat a dead horse here, but you've kind of been torturing me for the last few months. Frankly, none of us should trust you in any capacity, but here we are. I think they were right to ship me off the planet. I don't think I'm supposed to love people. I don't think I can do it without hurting them. Maybe not. I was hurting you before I even knew you. You were. I'm sorry. You don't have to forgive me. Are you going to hurt me now? No. Well, that's something. I'm scared that if I... I'm scared that I'll just keep hurting you. We don't... I mean... We could just go our separate ways when we get to Earth. You can't hurt me if you don't know where I am. Is that what you want? Of course not. Of course I don't want that. Shit, Astrid, neither do I. What's going on? Oh... Right. Things are going... very wrong. We can't wait for the orbit to line up. That, that's what I came in to tell you. The alarm... they must have found the guard I took down outside the cell You know, most people would leave with, I killed a guard and we have to run, instead of, I feel like I killed my husband. I tried to, and she's not dead, just incapacitated. Is your upper body strength? I'm... sure. Okay, get me out of here. Right. I'm trying to make things right. For you, not for him. I hope you know that. I know. I just... I need more time to see. Can, can we talk about this more when we're back on Earth? Of course. Okay. See you there. See you there. Where's Jules? We gotta find... Oh, hey. You look like shit. I was on my way back from Mildred's. What the hell is going on? Plans have changed a little. Yeah, I gathered that. Context clues? We're going. Now. Shit. Hux is going to the lab to grab Lucy and Vincent. Vincent? Long, long story. You talking about it on the flight home. I'm going to cut the power. You go! You go got the message. Okay. Walk with us until the hall clears a little. Sure. Shit. Can you two try and look a little less suspicious? Suspicious? You look way too awkward. You're walking around like you just got caught smoking in the school bathroom. Is the smoked in the bathrooms? Uh, not that I've smoked in school. Right. Well, let's get out of here. See you at the escape pod. Yeah, see you there. Here's the wire cutters. I'll cover you. Going dark. You find your way to the lab, okay? Yes. And you'll get to the bridge? Yeah. Vic? Yeah? I'm going to get you out of here. Today's episode was written by Jack Loney. It featured Leland Heed as Victor Algernon, Varus Zima as Aster Huxley, Serena Johnston as Jules Krober, Finn Carter as Roger Morris, Noelle Salisbury as Lucy Calvin, E.G. Taraku as Hugo Highsmith, Reese Tirado as Vincent, and Alex Goldman as Isaac Huxley. Our editor is Stoker Leopold, and our music is by Sloan Van Dyke. 
If you like what we do here and want to check out our other shows, follow us on social media, or support us on Patreon, all of that information will be linked in the description below. Thank you for listening. Thank you.